What is going on, everyone? I'm Devin Uglin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ronnie Flores, and you are watching the Ball is Life original show, On the Rise. Today, we're taking a closer look at Auburn's dynamic playmaking point guard, Sharif Cooper. Ronnie, I'm going to throw it to you. First of all, how you doing? Um, and then give us the, the lowdown on Sharif Cooper's high school career. Yeah, Devin, glad to be here with you. Glad to co-host this new On the Rise show. Obviously, uh, this is season's going by fast. We're in a pandemic, so everything's thrown a little bit for a loop. And, and Sharif Cooper is one of those players who is thrown for the loop. So even though he's only played six college games for Auburn, he had a really decorated high school career. He's one of the most decorated high school guards, really, in the last 10 years out of McEachern, Georgia, Powder Springs. He had all the accolades and all the honors you, you could want. Um, one of the few players ever to win National Player of the Year by, you know, credible sources. He was the National Player of the Year in 2019 by USA Today and Max Preps. And that's just not something a junior or a non-senior ever really gets. And it, it's for a good reason. I mean, at six foot one, six foot, you know, he, he is a terrific player. And his, more than not, his team wins. That's what I like about Sharif. And he did that at the high school level. His junior year, he teamed up with Isaac Okoro, who's already making an NBA impact you know, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he led his team to a 32-0 mark, number two finish in the Fab 50 rankings. They were undefeated. He averaged 26.1 points per game, about six rebounds. He's a good rebounder, a little stronger than I think people think, give him credit for, 8.2 assists, 4.0 steals. And, and like I said, he led to winning. You know, he was the MVP of the City of Palms, Bass Pro Shops Tournament, and that's just his junior year. So when Okoro moved on, Okoro moved on to college, and, you know, Sharif actually upped his scoring. So he can carry the load a little bit, 30.6 points per game. Again, his rebounds always been good, 7.8 rebounds and 3.6 steals. His team wasn't as good, and he didn't get the accolades as a senior. As, but I think individually he was even better, to tell you the truth. Again, you know, as we've said before, two things we want to make the point of right away with Sharif is winning, leading to accolades, you know, leading and his production. Um, Devin, what do you feel about his ranking, meaning his player ranking in that 220 class? And obviously that's an awesome class. And this is going to be an awesome draft, I think, compared to recent drafts. But if you look at his consensus ranking, if you look at there on his Ball's Life profile, and you can see his composite ranking, Devin, why don't you give us a shoot down of his composite ranking and what you thought about it? Yeah, so I think it was a little low, Ronnie. Um, as far as composite, it was around 22, am I right? Yes. So, yeah, 22 on the composite. Uh, 247 is 27, 19 for ESPN, 20 for rivals. And again, now where do you, again, this is a strong class, class, that 220 class and the draft class of subsequently one year later, strong too. But what did you think about that? And do you think that was fair? Do you think he was uh, grossly overlooked? Do you think he was in range? I would have had him higher just based on what I saw and kind of based on a lot of the things you said about his leadership, his ability to make his teammates better. And just how important that point guard position is now at the college and NBA levels. Um, so, yeah, I think that 22 is a little low uh, on a composite. And you said 247 was that at number 27, which is definitely he's definitely a top 25 talent in that class. But, uh, yeah. you know, as we know, Ronnie rankings don't always tell the whole story. A lot of things of are taken into consideration there that are non-basketball related as far as, you know, size, length, athleticism, things like that. 
And Sharif Cooper, um, as far as those things go, he doesn't have that size, length, and athleticism that we're used to seeing for, you know, NBA projectable guards. But as you've seen in his six games at Auburn, Ronnie, I'm going to run through a couple of, of uh, Auburn stats, is he's done a nice job of really just taking over the reins of that team and having them in a position to where he's elevating the overall team and making guys around him better. Um, that's because that's because he just has an overall poise for the game. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into too much of our, our breakdowns because we're going to save that for our breakdown, which is coming up right now. Um, Ronnie. So Sharif Cooper, full breakdown. Let's start with your strengths of Sharif Cooper. Then we'll go into mine. Yeah. For Sharif Cooper. First thing that comes to mind, like you said, a clutch shot maker and a leader. I think that makes a big difference when you look at Auburn People were kind of saying now it's obviously became a cute thing to say free Sharif. He's well known. His sister's an NBA player, a well, a good NBA player, WNBA player. And she's becoming a well-known like figure in basketball. So obviously that free Sharif, but there's more to the free Sharif thing than just that. Obviously he's had to sit out as the NCAA was, you know, clearing his, his amateurism in, in the college ranks. But I think people want to play with them, number one, and they know if he's practicing or in pickup, he's making that team better. So I think that played into it a little bit, too, because people are going to Auburn or they're, they are wanting to play with Sharif Cooper, meaning his teammates. And I think that's a big plus, wanting to play with him, making his teammates better. He can get to any spot on the floor. I mean, Devin, I, I can't remember a player right now coming into the co college ranks from high school that had total command of the ball and body control, and at the same time. Now, there's some guys that had the body control, like a Drew Holiday, and there's some guys that have command of the ball, but he's very few have both that. Just like that old adage, he's always looking up, ready to set up teammates, knowing what play is, uh, you know, could kind of visualize the next play ahead as most very good college point guards can do. He knows where to feed his teammates, and, and I think that gives him a lot of confidence, and I think some of that makes up for the fact like you said, his physical size or his physical attributes. So, you know, yeah. you can't, that, that seems to translate. It's translating so far in his college career. I always thought it would, uh, you know, whether seen him for AOT on the EYBL, he was very dominant on, on that circuit, you know, which is top to bottom, the, the, the top circuit to play on in the grassroots level. And he did a terrific job and I don't see him doing anything different. I, I, I see him actually improving between now and the end of the season because because of COVID and because of his NCAA eligibility issues, that's a big layoff. I don't care who you are. If you're not playing in a structured game for, you know, six, seven months, that's going to affect you. For sure. Yeah. And just, just to, you know, uh, touch on your points as well, pace, feel, and IQ for the game are the three things that stand out to me most about Sharif Cooper uh, when I watch him play. Like you said, setting up teammates, always looking ahead, um, ball handling, ball control, and just kind of feel for the game and knowing where guys want the ball and where they can be successful and, you know, delivering passes on, on the, on the target, on the mark, um, and making sure his guys are in position to be successful. Like, uh, you said 20, he's averaging 22 points, uh, almost eight assists, almost five rebounds a game, Ronnie. Those are impressive numbers for a six foot, six foot one guard, uh, in the sec and playing against the kind of competition that Auburn plays against. Um, he alone can, can control the flow of any game at any point. He can push the pace and transition, make a high level decision. He can operate out of high ball screens in the half court setting, which is really what the NBA is all about right now with point guards, right? Yeah. High ball screen, get into the paint, uh, you know, 
mid-range jumper or, you know, kick to a three-point shooter. That's what it's all about. And, and at a high ball screen action, he has great change of change of speed, change of um, direction, uh, creativity with the ball and, you know, the ability to kind of manipulate the defense with the dribble. And that's what, what's what really players can do that. That's right. Point. Manipulate the defense with the dribble because most players then tend to tend to over dribble when they try to do that. Yeah. And like you said, a good trainer or a good uh, scout or a GM is going to, going to say when Shreve Cooper goes into motion and like as a great player, he's 99 out of a hundred times making the right play, making the right decision, whether it's dish, finish himself, uh, draw the defense, then kick. He's, he's usually making the right play. And it, I think it shows in his stats. Now, and like any young player, he could probably cut down on his turnovers here and there. I think his ratio is about two for one. As you mentioned, his, his um, assists were over eight. And I think his, his turnover right now is, is about four. But that's, again, six games in. So he doesn't have a huge sample size at, at that level. But he's already showing the intangibles, showing the things we saw in the highlights earlier to what he's doing at Auburn, what we saw, you know, what he did with, with AOT and what he did with McEachern. It, it's it's – it's not that part is not surprising. I, I am surprised that um, where he did finish in those that class based on what we just talked about, and I'm and and I think he's going to move up in this draft more than he's going to uh, either curtail or just stay put. That's that's an interesting point, and I, I think the reason why he's going to rise in the draft is because he, he's so good in the ball screen action. Whether it's whether it's you know coming around the uh, turning the corner, coming over top of the ball screen, and getting two feet in the paint and finding teammates or throwing a lob or the split, right? The split is yeah. super important now, especially at the NBA level with the spacing. You yeah. give Reeve Cooper space to operate and he is going to cause your defense fits. Yeah. Um, let's transition into Shreve Cooper's areas of improvement, Ronnie. What do you got on that? Yeah, you know, as like I said, as we saw in those highlights, you could see what he can do good. And obviously a, a highlight video will make, you know, you'll see some shots go down. So, if you look at his EYBL stats and obviously he had good high school numbers, but Devin in, in 13 games in 219, he shot 44.3 point uh, percentage from the field field goal percentage. And his three point percentage actually went down from the year before to 32.4%, you know, just at his size and, and what he brings and how much he's going to have the ball. I just think his that's going to be the main uh, crux are the main thing people are going to watch going forward the rest of the season and, and in his workouts and, and in anything else leading up to the draft, you know, COVID pending. And hopefully it's, it, they have a normal draft process, unlike the last year's draft, you know, so that's going to be important for Shreve, I think, to show that he can knock down the perimeter shot, show that he can improve because Devin, even as, as we're speaking, I, I think he's really either he's not taking it or people are getting the scattering report. Obviously the scattering reports get better, and they're much better in college because he's not, he hasn't been hitting the three for his last three or four games at all. Yeah. And that's the biggest concern for me with Sharif Cooper is three point shooting, because we know how important it is in the current state of the NBA and how the game's being played, being a small guard, you've got to be able to shoot the three point shot or, or Ronnie, you got to be able to shoot the mid range game, the midi pull up. Right. So sure. you outlined his EYBL numbers and touched on his college numbers straight up. He's shooting 18% from the three-point line in college, five for 27 overall through his first six college. Yeah, and I only think he's made one like in the last three or four games. And if you think about the difference from the college three-point line to the NBA three-point line, while it might look small on paper, 
when you look at the difference in, in feet or inches, I mean, it's a huge, huge difference. Uh, guys get longer, guys get more athletic. Yeah, guys, guys, yeah, the quality better. of the defender is just right. going to be much better. And be much better. They're going to have more intel on him. His, his strengths, his weaknesses, his tendencies are all going to be known. Right. So you think about, you know, guys are going to kind of sag off and guys are going to allow him to shoot that three-point shot when it gets to the NBA until he proves that he can make them at a consistent, you know, 38% clip, which is, um, you know, so a solid clip for an NBA three-point shooter, right? You want to be over 40, but if you get to 38, that's, that's you, uh, the defense has to respect you behind the arc. So over time, yes, over time, when we get to, and then when we get into the high ball screen action and, and how they're going to, how he's going to play uh, with the ball in his hands and coming off the screens, the mid-range pull-up is going to be um, really important for the, the development of his overall game and his longevity in the NBA because over penetrate, you know, he's the probably one player that can get away with over penetrating sure. kind of like, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, cause he's maybe not be this good, like a Kyrie Irving or a guy who can get into the lane and it's okay. Once in a while he over penetrates, but yeah, he's going to have to stop and pop shoot. Like you said, that min rage game, obviously one of the guys who's done it the best and done it at a hall of fame level is, is, is Chris Paul and, and Chris, even Chris, he wasn't a consensus number two player in his class. Obviously, LeBron James was the best player in his class. And, but, you know, they had that similar frame, and, and you saw him develop that. And if even if he can get an inkling of that, it's going to help him along to, to stick in the NBA. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of what I'm seeing on Twitter or what I'm seeing or hearing in, in broadcasts of Auburn games I watch are a lot of Chris Paul comparisons. And sure. Chris Paul is a Hall of Fame point guard. Um, one, yeah. one of the best, one of the best floor generals, passers, uh, highest IQ players I've ever seen on the basketball court. And yeah. take no, while, no doubt about it. Well, that's a, a fantastic ceiling for a young player. And, you know, really a great honor to be named in the same sentence as a Chris Paul. Um, I'm going to taper my expectations a little bit lower than that. So you ain't going to go on the rise. You're not going to go too, too on the rise there. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to go that. I'm not going to go that far on the rise. I do yeah. see what I do see where those comparisons come from because he does yeah. have a great command for the game and for the position, and he does similar things as Chris Paul. At a similar size. At similar size, I get it. It makes it makes sense, but um, until he develops that knockdown fifty to fifty-five percent mid-range jump shot, the giant killer, or a, a really impressive floater. Um, I think he's going to struggle to finish around the basket like he does at the college level in the NBA sure. because of the athleticism and the rim protectors, right? So I looked at some synergy sports stats, Ronnie, and off of ball screens, Sharif Cooper takes the ball to the basket, literally like into the paint to the basket 60% of the time. Yeah, that's... Out of 60% of his ball screen actions, he's going to the basket 60% of the time. So yeah, that's a huge stat that stands out. Right. So with his lack of vertical explosiveness, he doesn't have that Russell Westbrook explosiveness. He, oh, doesn't, no. he doesn't have the De'Aaron Fox explosiveness where he's rising oh, up and dunking. He's not that big to begin with. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. trying to point out. You see a lot of De'Aaron Fox or, you know, similar comparisons like that. Athleticism wise, he's more like Chris Paul than he is Chris Paul or a Mario Chalmers or a Mike yeah. Conley Jr. than he is yeah. like a De'Aaron Fox. And that's what we're here for on Rise to give you yeah. a more realistic comparison so, so, Devin, as we get into this next segment, future forecast here and on, on the rise, uh, give us your two or three comparables that you think most make sense, and then we'll get into where he, we think he fits in this draft. Okay. So, 
the so let me go with the lower end comparison first, Ronnie. Sure. Um, kind of a Jordan McLaughlin, Tyler Uless. I think that's a that's a floor. That's a very bottom. Um, Jordan McLaughlin undrafted, but he's making his way into the rotation for Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's undrafted at you. I don't think are very surprised by that, but I mean, honestly, Ronnie, Jordan McLaughlin is very, very underrated. He's a very, very good basketball player. He has athletic. Yeah. He had, he was dunking on people in high school. If you remember, we watched him a lot at Awanda. Uh, He can get up and and dunk on people, but just from a, a standpoint of game managing Control, pace, IQ, they're similar. My next level guy that I think it could be like is Jeff Teague. Um, Jeff Teague now with the Celtics, but he's a you know, 11, 12, 13 year NBA player one time. It seems like it yet, but he's, it's moving on. And, and like you said, he was the 19th pick in the draft. You give us Jeff Teague's, since that's your mid grade comparison, give Jeff Teague stats. Let us know what, yeah. how good of a, just how good of an NBA player he is before you young kids start saying, oh, Jeff Teague, oh no, he, he could be like CP3. Give the people the rundown of how good Jeff Teague is so they can, can see why this comparison makes sense. Right. Career numbers on Jeff Teague are, are more impressive than you would imagine, right? 12.4 yeah. points per game, uh, 5.7 assists per game, a one-time All-Star in 2014-15 in a season in which he averaged 15.9 points and seven assists per game. Those are those are really impressive numbers when he was with Atlanta, Ronnie. Um, I know Omar Cooper, his dad, Sharif, now he has a, a big – you know, he really loves his son and puts him out there. If he got those numbers, I'm sure his dad would be like, that's pretty good. You know, if, if Sharif Cooper, got if, so Jeff Teague went, let me count here. One, two, three, four, four straight seasons of 15 points or more. 16.5, 15.9, 15.7, and 15.3. That's as a, like a good six, feeling to me. As a, as a quote unquote undersized, or Jeff Teague, six, two, six, three. As a quote unquote undersized guard in the NBA, in the current way that it's being played, those are really, really nice numbers, Ronnie. Um, yeah. if, if Sharif Cooper, again, a lot of people who watch this, I'm sure are going to be like, Jeff Teague, what are you talking about? This guy's like Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these, all these, you know, superstar type players, uh, Campbell Walker is another guy yeah. who I'm seeing is, is compare are some comparisons. Those are superstar NBA players, right? Perennial yeah. all-stars. Um, I, you know, Quit I, I reading so much Twitter, I would tell them. It's I, know, right? the I, wheel. I get, I get where they're coming from. I see it. I understand why yeah. those are being compared. Like those are the comparisons. But for me, as far as like a safe NBA comparison, I think Jeff Teague's a nice spot. And Ronnie, I'm going to throw it back here. Yeah, I'm going to throw it way back here for you. Yeah. This is my, this is my ceiling, my highest peak on on Sharif Cooper. My comparison, Rod Strickland. Yeah. Wow. That's a awesome comparison because it's something I thought about a little bit. I thought, well, maybe that's pretty high. In my opinion, uh, Rod is probably the best player never to play in an NBA All-Star game. He's better than Jeff Teague. I'm nothing against Jeff Teague. That's just the truth. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's like a, I think he's an NBA player's player. And what I mean by that is Clyde Drexler kind of said that one time. Is like, I even like watching Michael Jordan play. So I think other point guards like watching Rod Strickland play. Like he was that good. And if, you know, he just that total command of the ball. You talk about how the ball on the string knew where to set up teammates like that made it look easy at his size when it really wasn't that easy could finish in traffic I think a lot of things we saw Sharif do at McEachern and a little bit now at Auburn Rod can do that in the NBA so that's we'll see if, if Sharif can do some of that stuff in the NBA finish with the ac- acrobatic you know shots the you know the low percentage layups kind of like a, a yeah. almost a, a hybrid of 
of, of what Jordan McLaughlin could do a little bit, what Kyrie Irving could do, and obviously what Rod probably, you know, did the best. So, and the most consistent, obviously, he played in the NBA 17 years. So, 17 years. and it's very, very interesting, Devin, as we look at Mike Conley, and, and it's, it's a solid comparison, a little bit more stable, maybe, sure. better shooter. You know, again, Sharif has to pick up that shooting, is that Teague was drafted 19 and Rod Strickland was drafted 19 overall. And as I look back at Rod coming out of DePaul, he, uh, you know, there were some issues that uh, how's this guy going to fit in the NBA? He's a street ball player from New York. Uh, maybe he's uh, a little uncoachable. Some of those things kind of creeped in a bit. Again, wasn't as much information out back then out as there is today, but I did remember hearing things like that. And he obviously went on to have a, a, a very good career. So I'm with that. I like the Casey Hill. I don't know if he's explosive. Is the Florida, former Florida Casey Hill player? I think I like that for my low, uh, the the body control, uh, the command of the game. I kind of like Shaheen Holloway, Nomar Cook. Obviously, those guys weren't. You know, I know Sharif has a higher, uh, you know, confidence level in himself that he's going to be better than that those level guys. Uh, Ty Lawson's another one I thought of. Ty Lawson's strong. You know, maybe Sharif's not as strong, but. If he can have a good career like that, I think that's where my mid-range is. I'm with you on the on the Jeff T. And if he can get to that anywhere near Rod, I think he's going to be a hell of a pick and a hell of a player. So based on that, Devin, based on the fact that he was a consensus number 22 pick or 22 player in that 220 class, Teague went 19, Rod went 19. Let's give it our future projection. What do you think so far? Does Sharif fit in at 19? Does he fit in higher or lower? Right now, the way it's trending and the way he's playing and how how well he's performing on you know you know national stages with with people watching, he's he's trending higher than 19 right now. Okay. I don't think I don't think he's a top four pick because I'm gonna go uh, in order. I'm gonna go based on right now: Evan Mobley, uh, Cade Cunningham, um, Jalen Suggs, and number four, I'd probably say either Jalen Green or Jonathan Kuminga, depending on how that G League Unite Ignite team sure. pans out and you know what how those guys play during the yeah. G League bubble. Yeah. Um, I think he's in the in the 12 to 20 range, Ronnie. I think right now he's more closer to 12 to 15, depending on who's picking. But you know, if he's if if the NCAA tournament happens and Auburn's able to get in, you know, a consistent amount of games over the remainder of the college season and he ends up shooting 12% from three. I mean, he's at 18, so there's a legit chance he could shoot worse than 18% from three, but he could get better. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's going to be the big, that's the big, the big thing. Because again, if we watch the highlights, you saw the highlights on this segment, you know, it, you see how good he is with the ball, you know, and it's just, you know, we, we got to point out some other things. I think he can work on the defensive end. I mean, just like some of these other young guys, um, that, you know, a little bit more. We talked a little bit about that in some of our uh, other breakdowns from last year's draft with Anthony Edwards. We, we both agreed that Anthony Edwards was a number one pick level talent, and but we just thought he had need to be more engaged all around and especially defensively. And I think that's coming to fruition. And yep. I think Sharif is a, a, a hell of an IQ player. If he can do it on the offensive end, uh, kind of get the soldiers around him to, you know, to believe in him and, and, and he can do that defensively, I think too. It's just a matter of him doing it. And like you said, he's got to get that three-point percentage ball up. You know, um, I, I, I'm with you there. I think 12 may be a little high. So I know you're going on the rise. I'm going to come bring it down back a little bit lower on, on, on the low. So I, I, I do think, you know, 16 to 20 is good. 
you know, okay. I, I think if he fits in there, I think again, because the, there's so much premium on size. We've talked about that before. We'll continue to talk about this as we do more on the rise and we profile more players. But that they, when you look at player rankings over the year, there's very few players under 6'2 ranked anywhere in the top 15. In fact, we'll on a future segment, we'll, we'll break down some of those stats, the actual stats of that. And then, you know, for I think that preludes right into the NBA draft. You just don't see that many small guys going that high. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last, you know, six foot, six foot one guard who, who went that high in the draft. I mean, you might have it on top of your head, but I, for me. Well, the guy I think of right now is obviously the guy out of Chicago, the Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas. That's 40 years ago. You know, yeah. he was number two behind Mark Aguirre, number two, and he right. behind yeah. his good friend. But that's, I mean, who in between there, we were really going to have to dig, you know, and, and it's, that's the, Walker, the whole point. Kemba you know? Walker, at, at, you know, coming out of uh, UConn. I think Kemba Walker was a relatively high pick in that similar range. And uh, we did mention Mike Conley. Now, the yeah, one Mike Conley was fourth. he was the fourth. About, yeah. And, and, and he's, he got a huge contract. One of the hugest ever in the, in the history of the NBA. So I, I think he did show his time over Memphis that he was probably worthy of that. Cause I think people coming out were like, Oh, he's, he's riding Drake Odin a bit. Oh, you know, he's, he, they went to the NCAA final. I don't know if he's that good, but he, he's a, a very good guard overall in, in, in the last 12 years. So my thing with Conley and a couple other guys we mentioned is the size we keep talking about. We're talking about the shooting. We're talking about the size. It's Mike Conley's a solid player. He's probably 6'1", 6'2". How big is Sharif Cooper? Are we going to, when we come down to the, to the measurables at, at, at these drafts, is he more towards six foot or 5'11"? Uh, I'm going to go on the low there, Ronnie. And talk. We're going to go 5'11". <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's a bit. You know, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's a. And big, that's a testament to his talent. It is. It really is. Uh, being that small and being able to do what he does in the paint without being able to shoot the basketball uh, quite as well as he would need to as a small guard. But you look at Mike Conley's college stats: his one season at Ohio State, Ronnie, thirty-nine games. Obviously, they went to the NCAA final with him and Greg Oden. Eleven point three points, six point one assists per game. And he shot 30% from three. Okay. So let's, let's go to, you know, current day. Yeah, current that's not standard. great. No, it's not great. So he came into the league, Ronnie, as a 33% three-point shooter. Um, his rookie year in Memphis. Right now in Utah, 18 starts. He is shooting 41.9% from three. And career, he's a 37.7% three-point shooter. And that's that number I said, Ronnie, 38%. Yeah, so that's the thing you were talking about. You got to get that eighteen percent up to twenty-five. If you can get it to twenty-five, get it to thirty. Yeah, and and as you see over time, Mike Conley's just gotten it better and better. Yes, uh, the games I remember when they had Zach Randolph and that team that was good with OJ Mayo when they were making their little playoff pushes, they were he can shoot. They were lagging off of him. He can shoot. So that's where Sharif Cooper needs to go with the projection of his career. For sure. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that twelve to twenty range, depending on that three point jump shot comes along here in the, in the latter end of the college season and Ronnie's in the 16 to 20 range. So we're close. We, we usually agree on a lot of stuff. Um, and we're, we're, we're relatively close on that one. Um, yeah. You know, it, I, it's pretty close, but those few picks are going to make a lot of difference because of the talent in this draft. I think this t- draft's pretty talented and I think it's going to be a lot of, of on the need, what you need. I don't think it's going to be so much 
the best player available at every pick because there's not a whole lot of NBA starting level talent. I think Street Cooper could be an NBA starter. And that's, that's, that's a hell of a pick at, you know, 15, 14, 13, whatever it is he ends up at. Because if you look at the top and you mentioned it a little while ago on the show, you know, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, it's going to be hard to go wrong. It's just a matter of what you need. So yeah. I think with Street Cooper, it's going to be what you need. I think if, if you look at him at 12, it ain't going to be because you think he's the 12th best player in this draft. I think you're going to be because you want him at 12 because you think he's a hell of a point guard and you think he can contribute, you know, more than in some years, you just take the best player available. For sure. That's a good point to end on there, Ronnie. Um, we appreciate you guys checking out the very first episode of the Ball is Life original show on the rise. Make sure you stay tuned for our next breakdown of Chet Holmgren of Minnehaha Academy, our very first high school breakdown of this this show. Um, and obviously, you know, while you're here, while you're watching, make sure you go over to the In the Paint show on ballislife.com and listen to our In the Paint podcast where we kind of just, you know, take a look at the broader scope of basketball. Um, but until the next episode of the On the Rise show presented by Ball is Life, Devin and Ronnie are signing off. What's up, Ball's Life fam? Thanks for watching this video. If you want to support the movement, make sure you check out the product listing below this video and cop some of this merch.